Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. Now on Netflix, inspired by the unbelievable true story of a fake hitman, comes the new movie, Hitman, from Academy Award nominee Richard Linklater. At 96% certified fresh on Rotten Tomatoes, critics are calling Hitman a smart, sexy crime thriller with surprises at every turn. Starring Glenn Powell and Adria Arjona, Hitman. Now playing on Netflix and in select theaters. Rated R. Sipping on some murder. Bloody happy hours. Hey y'all, this is April. It's Caroline. It's Thursday. And we're thirsty. We got some Patron April's on the trying table. trying to be real bougie up in here. She's got everything. We got some Patron and we're mixing it with some lime flavored sparkling water. Lime and yuzu. I don't know what yuzu is. I don't either. But Oh! Oh. Mexican lime and Japanese yuzu. We're just international wow. today. Look at this, April. It's really good. I have to finish my one vodka beverage that oh. I um just made. Oh, are you still on the vodkas? Because <gasps> I thought they all sorry. went away. I'm sorry, April. What about your Anka Jams? <laughs> tell us about your Anka Jams. <laughs> I just had to tell April about what's Uncut Jams. If you don't know about it, you got to look it up. Sorry, Julie Fox. Yeah, I'm not TikTok aware at all. It's okay. That's what I'm here for. So we got two great emails we have to read. We do. <laughs> um, it makes our day when we get a good when we get a good email, even when we get a bad email. I mean, it's still great. So um, if you're just bored and at your computer, you should send us an email. Read the one we got. Okay, this one says, what in the hell will I do now? I've binged every one of your podcasts. Now I have to wait until next Thursday. I love y'all sense of humor. Y'all are like peanut butter and jelly. You both crack me up. Keep sipping so I will at least have plans on Thursday <laughs> nights. Yes. All right. And we got another one that says, so I've looked up other podcasts and tried to listen, but to be honest, they literally made me want to shoot myself. <laughs> <laughs> it's dry. Nobody's drinking Trulies. And I'm just telling you this because I absolutely love the podcast. You keep it entertaining and you leave listeners wanting more. Thank you, Matt. Uh, oh, and this was from Amanda. Uh, Mine, Amanda. There we go. So we love those. We do. We do. If and you I haven't put an official review in on Apple Podcasts, go copy and paste your email and put it on that yeah. review. Oh, Smart also, counts. I just have to tell you that I think I've mentioned her before, Casey. She 
It got edited out. Does it? Oh, no. Oh, Casey. Yeah. yeah, She's (coughs) been. uh, I've mentioned her with Cheryl or whatever. Yeah. So she never had listened to any episodes. She listened to her first episode like last week or something. Uh And then she listened today or to the she listened to Ed Kemper and she's a psychologist and she wanted you to know that it's actually less than one percent of the population has an IQ of one forty five. What did I say? Ten percent? No. You said one and I was like it's like the oh. same thing. <laughs> <laughs> but I probably she, said barely one. Well so you were uh, she was basically saying that it's just very very like uncommon it's unheard of and it was also really weird that they would do a iq test for somebody in that situation yeah they normally wouldn't or something maybe that was something they did back in the day or something she just said it wasn't like appropriate to do that well they did it to jeffrey dahmer too Uh and he had a 145 i figured that out what yes and i believe ted bundy did they all have 145. No, like Ted Bundy's was high. I don't know if he had a 145, I think. Are you ready to tell us a story? I am so ready. Who's your killer for today? This is, how do we want to name it? How do we want to say it? It's BTK. If you've ever heard of him. Also known as? Dennis Rader. Oh, my goodness. The biggest loser slash dorkiest like weirdest bumbling guy you've ever heard of yeah and and it was you want to think he was like scary but he was Mm-mm. he was it was i think it's scary because he looks so he's so normal looking and fit into the crowd so well yeah he's real basic real mm-hmm. basic he wasn't six foot nine like kemper no and he wasn't good looking like ted bundy, bundy yeah so, this this guy. Okay, so we're gonna have. Uh, there's gonna be some trigger warnings. There's gonna be some um, descriptive situations here because there are children involved in the very beginning. Oh, uh-huh. So, just get ready for that. Okay. There's not a lot of it. So, if you need to fast forward, don't fast forward yet. Um, but I'm gonna start off with a little letter that he wrote read it read it okay so it starts off with i find the newspaper okay this is how he writes it's like he's trying to sound um he's trying to not sound smart here because the words are a little funky like he think he purposefully wrote it this way okay i'm saying um I find the newspaper not writing about the poem on van vain unamusing. That's one of his victims. A little paragraph would have been enough. I know I know it not the media fault. The police chief he keep things quiet and doesn't let the public know they're a psycho running around loose, strangling mostly women, and they're seven in the ground. Who will be next? How many do I have to kill before I get my name in the paper or some national attention? Do the cop think that all those deaths are not related? Golly gee, yes, the <laughs> M.O. is different in each, but look, a pattern is developing. The victims are tie up most have been woman, phone cut, 
bring some bondage, uh, matter, sadist tendencies, no struggle, outside the death spot, no witness except the Vane's kids. They were very lucky. A phone call saved them. Can't handle him. I was going... He spelled that G-O-N-G. <laughs> I was going to tape the boys, but put plastic bag over their head like I did Joseph and Shirley, and then hang the girl. God, oh God, what a beautiful sexual relief that would have been. Josephine, when I hung her, really turned me on, her pleading for mercy. Then the rope took hold. She helpless, staring at me with wide terror fill her eye, the rope getting tighter and tighter. You don't understand these things because you don't under the influence of factor X. The same thing that made Son of Sam, Jack the, Rip, Jack the Ripper, Harvey Glateman, Boston Strangler, Dr. H.H. Holmes, Pantyhose Strangler of Florida, Hillside Strangler, Ted of the West Coast, and many more infamous character kill, which seem a senseless, but we cannot help it there. There is no help. No cure, except death or being caught and put away. It a terrible nightmare, but you see, I don't lose any sleep over it. After a thing like Fox, I come home and go about life like anything else. And I will be like that until the urge hit me again. It not continuous, and I don't have a lot of time. It take, <laughs> can't, it take a lot of time, set a kill... One mistake and it all over. <laughs> Since I about blew it on the phone, handwriting letter is out. Letter guide too long and typewriter can be traced too. My short poem of death and maybe a drawing later on a real picture and maybe a tape of sound will come your way. How will you know me? Before a murder or murders, you will receive a copy of the initials BTK. You keep, you keep that copy. The original will show up someday on Guess Who. Maybe you not be the unluck one. P.S. 2. How about some name for me? It's time. Seven down and many more to go. I, I like the following. How about you? The BTK Strangler. Wichita Strangler. So that he's giving him, he's providing names for that he can, that they can name him based on his suggestions. Poetic Strangler, the Bonded Strangler, or Psycho, the Wichita Hangman, the Wichita Executioner. Oh my gosh. The Garrote Phantom? What's a Garrote? The Asphyxiator. And then it's signed BTK. So that is one of his many, 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 many letters that he sent to the newspaper. He sent letters to the newspaper. He sent letters to the TV station. He sent packages. All I mean, I think there's like eleven total things at times he sent different things. Because he made he phone calls. He yeah, he was in dire need of attention. Like he loved attention. He loved that people were in terror. He wrote poem. I mean, he did all kinds of stuff. Wow. So let me tell you who this cat is. Uh. This, his name is Dennis Lynn Rader. 
Dennis Lynn. He was born March 9th, 1945. His parents, Dorothea and William Rader, and he's the oldest of four sons that grew up in Wichita, Kansas. So his parents, like, they worked a lot when he was young, but there was no issues. There was no, like, abuse. There was, his dad didn't give him porn. He was never abandoned by his family. What? His mama's name wasn't Clarnell. His mom's name wasn't Clarnell. He, she, he wasn't putting him in the basement, locking him up in chains, like, none of this. And the only thing that he said was that he felt, like, maybe a little ignored by his mom, but, and, like, maybe resented her for it a little bit. I mean, that's, that's it. So from a young age, he noticed that he, like, started having these, like, sadistic sexual fantasies about torturing and trapping, like, helpless people. He did say at one point his mom, like, got her ring or something stuck in the couch. Like, I guess her ring stuck to a spring in their couch, Mm -hmm. and she was, like, kind of freaking out like oh my gosh oh my god and started struggling and was like I guess she thought she was stuck really bad and so he said he noticed you keep kicking my foot sorry (laughs) it's okay (laughs) he said that he noticed her struggling and like enjoyed it oh (laughs) like he enjoyed that she was stuck and couldn't get out and was like having a like reaction to it and he pretty sure he got a boner (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> his mama being stuck in a couch. Yes. This is just what gets me. He would be more like a nature if his household is normal, like he says, but you, oh, like he was born gross. They said that they want to study his, they're like, please donate your brain so we can study it to see like what yeah. it is that's going on. Yeah. Like they do our CTE people. Yeah. So he like exhibited what they call zoosadism, zoosadism, and that is pleasure derived from cruelty to animals. Because mm-hmm. he liked to strangle some cats. Always cats. Always the cats. I'm not the only one that hates cats. I mean, I just don't know. I, I guess they just. I don't know why people pick cats. Like, could you get a squirrel? Yeah, I guess she's like a I think big rat first. Okay, and. So he would torture the animal. He would str- he strangled kittens or cats, I guess. He just strangled cats. He acted out his sexual fetishes for voyeurism. I'm giving you all these definitions. Voyeurism is sexual interest or practice of watching other people being yeah. engaged in other behaviors. So like undressing and just doing things that you would normally do in private. Mm-hmm. And then something else called auto Autoerotic asphyxiation. Ooh, choking? Yes. So this is with, it's it's erotic asphyxiation is the intention of restricting oxygen from the brain purposes of sexual arousal, but it also is when it's done by somebody to themselves. So what he did. Wait, done what? He like. Done by somebody? Like he did it to himself. He would. He would tie rope around his own neck and put bags over his own head, <laughs> and he would strangle himself because he that turned him on. And I'll post these pictures because I got plenty of them. <laughs> if you haven't seen them, April, 
No, I've not looked into BTK, and I don't know. I've just never loved him. Go through some of those. He would have a camera set up. He would have a rope set up to a pole. He he dug a grave and put himself in that ditch and took pictures of himself with this, like, woman face mask. Y'all go on to Instagram (laughs) or Facebook and look at these pictures. Did he he go to Cameron Hooker's house? Probably. (laughs) That's how she <laughs> the girl in the box yes. strung up. Wow. So he would take pictures. He would rig up this camera to where he could pull a rope and it would take a picture of himself. He's basically taking selfies, but it's of himself tied up with bags over his head sometimes because he likes to be. It was like it's like BDSM gone way wrong. Yeah. Like do your BDSM, but this is like on a whole nother level. And he also, while he did this, Dress, that's the mask. That's that mask. It's uh, like a woman face. Like it's like a, a doll face. Yes, like a doll face mask. And he would dress up in women's clothing while he did this. Like he loved his, he like liked his mom's lingerie. He loved women's clothing. So this is also part of the autoerotic asphyxiation. He And he would do cross-dressing along with it. He would spy on his neighbors and he would like steal underwear and he would not masturbate to all of this. Wait, is he still little doing this? Or are you just kind of telling us in general? This what is he in does? general. Okay. Okay. Um, because, okay, so he went to Kansas. He went to University of Kansas. He went to, he dropped out after a year. He went to the Air Force for a little bit and then he moved back to Park City. Okay. So, okay. I mean, there's nothing that happened though, like in his like childhood. Wow. I mean, besides he, I guess randomly strangled cats. <laughs> Did he wet the bed? It didn't say. So he moved to Park City. He ended up getting married to this lady named Paula. Um, in 1971, they had two kids. He went to, um, I guess he ended up getting like a graduate's degree. He worked at like the IGA, he worked at the meat market, and then he ended up working for ADT. And I'll tell you this mm. as like when he starts okay. Cuz he starts he has all these different jobs throughout I mean his life. He li- he likes to be the one who's in control, so whenever he loses a job, he starts to feel like okay, I'm I don't have control, I don't have a job, like I'm not able to provide. And he goes through these, like, cooling off periods and these periods where he's killing and then he's cooling off. And, like, mm. and then he kind of gets, he starts working for ADT and he starts working as, like, um, uh, I'll tell you in a little bit because I can't think of what it's called. But where he's able to, like, have take charge of people or, like, have control over certain things. Okay. So he is, in, this is. Oh, he became a compliance officer. That's what I was going to say. So he thought he was like a big bad dude because he was a compliance officer. For for, for the city. IGA? Oh, <laughs> I was like, for the grocery store? These are all the jobs he has. <laughs> he was a member of the Christ Lutheran Church, and he was elected to be their city council. He was also a club scout leader and... um. All the, yeah, these are all the things that he's doing. Okay. So at this at this time, he is married, and he ha- they have no kids. So okay. that was just kind of like summing it all up. 
So let's go to when everything starts. It's 1974. Okay. Okay. So he, on this is on January 15th, 1974. He's been, um, he's been, he does these things whenever he finds somebody who he wants to kill. He has a routine where he goes and he prowls and then he trolls and then he stalks and then he plans. So he is real organized. Organized. So he had his eye on this lady. Um, She, her name is Julie Otero. So he had his eye on her and he was like watching her for, I mean, several weeks he also noticed that she had a daughter. Okay. So he was like, okay, starts following them a little bit every now and then and, and figures, like, okay, that's going to be my first target. So there's four members of this family. They are the dad, Joseph Otero, he's 38. The mom, Julie Otero, she's 33. Then there's Joseph Jr., a little boy who's nine. And then there's Josephine, who's 11, and she's the daughter. So there's four people in this family. So Joseph, the little boy, he's at home, and he goes and he lets the dog out. Well, he opens the back door, let the dog out, and he sees this man just standing there, and that's whenever this man just, like, pushes his way into the house. Oh, wow. And so he He goes. He probably watched them and knew that they let that dog out every day at a certain time. Yeah. Wow. And so, well, actually, no, this is because he's an idiot. He was only planning on the mom and daughter being at the house. So oh. he was not aware that dad and son would be there because that he thought that maybe the dad was going to take the son to school already because they actually have three other kids. Okay. So those three kids were already at school. Okay. So this is early in the morning. 8.30 a.m. Okay. He has no shame doing everything in, during the day. Oh. 8.30 in the morning. he go, They let the dog out. He goes over, pushes his way into the house. He has a gun. He's, like I said, he's only expecting uh, the mom and the daughter. And he got another kid. And the dad was a retired master sergeant. So he was like, oh, gosh, there's this big guy. But the dad had recently been in a car wreck and had a uh, broken rib. So he was injured. Hmm. So he has the gun at, pointed at the, everybody. He's like hey, telling him to get in the room, get in the room. And the, the dad, like the dad was like, listen to him, just do what he says. It's okay. He's like, what do you need? What do you want? We'll give you anything like take it. And he's like, oh, all I need is, all I need is money. And he would like, he liked to make everybody feel comfortable and kind of give them false hope. So he would, he liked to say, like, hey, if you cooperate, you're not going to get hurt. Like, it's not, like, it's okay. He wanted them to just be calm, which is, like, so annoying. Because you're going to, you know what you're going to do. Yeah. And he knew at this point, he'd already decided in his head that he was going to kill all of them because they've already seen it. He doesn't have a mask on. Nothing. So he already was like, I'm going to just have to kill them all. And they know. Yeah. Once you see the face, you're going to get killed. Yeah. So he said that he just, he just loved, um, he loved to have people believe that they were going to be okay and like to, that they would submit to him. Mm. Cause he liked that feeling control. of control. So 
like I said, the dad was reassuring every like, hey, let's just do it. The main target, I've heard two different things. I heard the main target was mom, and I heard the main target was daughter. So it was either one of them. But once, yeah, he had already decided that they were going to be able to ID him, so he had to kill all of them. So this guy is so confusing. He's so, he, he started with the dad. He started, uh, put a rope around the dad's neck. Okay. He actually tied up the mom and the dad. Tied up mom and dad, hands, wrists tied together, ankles tied together, behind their back. Mm. Like, so they're like, like, like hog tied. Yeah. yeah. So he tied them up. He said he wanted to make the dad as comfortable as possible. And he put a pillow under his head. Wait, does he have a weapon? He had him at gunpoint. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So. He wants to get the dad as comfortable because he has that cracked rib. You know, he's just so nice, whatever. And he is like, like I said, planning to kill this guy. So why does it even matter? Okay. Here's your, here's your warning. Here's your warning where the kids get involved. So just, it's coming. So first he tied up the dad, bound his wrists and ankles, wrapped the rope around the dad's neck, he didn't realize how long it was going to take to strangle him because uh. he never had done it before because all he has strangled before is cats himself. <laughs> and himself. <laughs> so he did it long enough until the dad stopped moving. Then he did the same thing with the mom. Tied her up, strangled her until she stopped moving. Josephine was next. <coughs> he, she asked, what's going on? And he said... I put your parents to sleep and you're next. Oh. What a douche. How old was she again? 11. Oh. He strangled her until she quit moving. Then he did the same thing with Joseph Jr., the little boy. So at this point, the dad starts to wake up because he doesn't know how to strangle anybody. They're all just unconscious. Oh, gosh. So dad starts waking up, so he puts a plastic bag over dad's head. And he also decided to do the same thing with Joseph Jr., the little boy. And he also wrapped a T-shirt around Joseph's head, and he sat and waited until he was Mm. for sure gone. And at that point, his mom started waking up, and mom actually saw him doing it to son. Horrible. And so she starts freaking out. And she starts being hysterical. And at this point, Dennis is like, he kind of wanted to leave. He just wanted to leave. He's yeah. like, oh, gosh, this is all going all wrong. Yeah. So, but he's so, he doesn't do anything. He's just stupid. He doesn't know how to strangle any, like I said, only done cats. He didn't know how much pressure to put on him. He didn't know how long it would take. So he just decided, he was like, okay, I'm not going to leave. I've already crossed the death path. Well, and their first one is never goes right. And and who starts with four? Yeah. But he didn't expect he didn't, it, yeah. so he's an idiot. So then he goes to mom, and he strangles her with clove hitch strangle. So that's like, a, I guess, a certain kind of, like, maneuver where it kills you, I guess. Mm-hmm. So there was a clove hitch killer. Yeah. So, or maybe it's a certain type of knot. So then she's, he's killed her. Mm-hmm. Well, dad... He starts to buy a hole in the bag that's over his head. So okay, now Daddy. dad's over there. He starts buying the hole, and Dennis is like, oh, I didn't take that into consideration. <laughs> so then he wraps a T-shirt over the hole and adds another bag 
and then puts a belt around his neck and he kills him. So now all three, the mom, the dad, and the son are all dead at this point. And this is the worst part. Okay. So everyone is gone. And now Josephine, the girl, she is, this is why I think she was his main target. She was unconscious, but she wasn't dead. So he says, quote, my dark sadistic self came out to play. Mm. And then he says this, quote, all, this is all from him. With hanging, with hanging in mind, I found the basement sewer pipe and attached the hangman's rope to it. I picked her up and carried her to the basement. She was awake but lethargic. She wasn't crying or fighting me. I removed her pants, pulled down her panties, and retied her ankles and knees and attached the rope to her wrists. I asked if her parents had a camera as I wanted a picture of her bound. Gross. She said no, so I moved her on the floor below the hangman's noose. I told her she would go to sleep and be in heaven with her parents and brother. I applied the noose, and I lifted her up and tightened the rope. I was overwhelmed with excitement. I touched her and masturbated. The act of hanging alone is bad, and the media played this up big, with her toes only a few inches off the floor. It just happened this way, that she ended up like that. It wasn't planned to look that way. Wow. So he doesn't rape. He gets off on he the kill. He doesn't rape anybody. Yeah. He but kills he them and he masturbates next to him. Okay. Or on them or like puts, he's, yeah. There's and just usually the semen. actual kill usually gratifies them. Yeah. Yes. Yes. He, he loves to be in control and to watch people just struggle. I don't know what, what is that, that is. I don't know. I don't know. So he cleaned up the house. He took Mr. Otero's watch, and he took a radio. I don't know. So, But why his? To sum it up, the dad was was found laying face down on the floor at the foot of his bed. The mom was found on the bed, and they had both been gagged at this point. And she was laying on the bed. The son was also bound, and his he was face down on the floor in the front of his bed, the foot of his bed, and then Josephine was in the basement, hung. Oh, man. So, yeah, hung. that had to have been his target. So, okay, there's no more kids anymore. Good. There's kids that are. Because he says something why. He says why he doesn't do. He didn't. Oh, no, because he got off on the girl. Yeah. I don't. I, this is why he makes no sense. Because he. He targets, like, a variety of people, and he kills people in a variety of ways, and he doesn't make sense. Yeah. I think that's why one of the reasons why he was so seemingly scary, because he didn't really, he wasn't, uh, like, scary looking or, like, you know. Yeah. But just, like, because it was so, it didn't make sense. That's why I guess it was so freaky. When you can't, well, you can't really warn like Bundy, you could you knew they were he was going after Burnett's. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Dahmer's going over after gay men. Yeah. Kemper's going after co eds. Yeah. So the bot their bodies were discovered by the family's three older children. Okay. Charlie, Danny, and Carmen, 
who had been at school during the time of the killing. So the um, Charlie had found um, the bodies and found the mom and the dad and then went outside and got the neighbors and called the cops. He didn't see the brother. He didn't see his siblings. And he said if he would have seen his siblings, it would have just been, like, even worse. Oh, yeah. But, like, awful. So police didn't know the motive, and they soon found out that the Otero family car was parked in a supermarket close by, and there were some witnesses who saw who drove the car. So what he did is he left the house, and he got into their car and drove their car to a supermarket and then got out of the car and left. Why? I don't know. I don't know. He did that a couple of times. So there were witnesses, and they, all they said was that they saw it was a white male in his 30s. So police are thinking, okay, maybe this is a sex offender and we'll check our list and we'll see if there's somebody who somehow we can make an arrest because they knew that he, they had found semen at the scene and they knew that like that car was connected to whoever it was. So they thought mm-hmm. maybe he was some kind of sex offender. So um, actually, and then nine months later, they, this is, it's whenever he like, um, the newspaper got their first letter and it was from somebody who had claimed to murder the Otero family. Cause they had, the police had no leads. Of course. And so the letter, I'm pretty sure that's the letter that I read at the beginning. Okay. Wanted them to know that he was the killer and that they arrested the wrong people because they actually had gone and arrested a couple other people thinking that it was a group of three. And he wanted to clear that up and make sure they knew it wasn't those people that y'all arrested. Uh. It was me and let me tell you why, and let me give you some a lot of details about why it was me. he said a me. last name in that letter. But he said, like, Baines or something like that, no? Oh, that was describing another victim coming up. Okay. Because um, there was, a, like, 11 letters. Vian? Vian? It's V-I-A-N. So Vian. It's Vian. Vian, okay. I got to say the first name to know the last name. Okay. Shirley. Shirley, Yeah. I feel like I know all these names. So this, the letter that this one is, it might not be the first, the letter that I read in the beginning. Okay, so he wanted them to know that he was a killer. Like I said, they arrested the wrong person. He told them, he told the newspaper that he wrote a letter and he placed it in the public library. And okay. that it was in a book. It was like tucked into as this engineering book. So this is where his games are starting. You know, he's like, hey, I got the letter for you. Go find the letter. It's in the library in this engineering book. And this is where he described what happened to the Oteros. This is how they knew that they got mm. had arrested these wrong people. Okay, okay. So it described the scene in detail, and, like, he would have been the only one to know. Like, the cops would have been the only one to know these certain details. Um, and he wanted to make sure that they knew that he acted alone. He had no help. He added <sighs> that... It was the monster within him that could not be stopped. So remember when I um, said something about, did I talk about Factor X? Yeah. Well, so he, like I said, gave him his own name, BTK. That stands for bind them, torture them, kill them. Mm -hmm. Okay, so this is is the one that stuck. He gave all those options. He could have been the phantom, whatever that phantom person. No, he's BTK. Okay. That's the one that stuck. It's obviously his preferred because that's how he signed his letter. To yes, do. yes. And he just wanted to be an elite serial killer. And he's not. He's He actually should not even be on this week. He? <laughs> he no, he's famous, but he's not Bundy and Dahmer. No. 
it, he's just famous because he was able to like evade, I guess, them for so long, and, and he, he stopped for so long. And he's kind of recent, right? Yeah, I feel like this was when did he, he got caught? Two thousand five. Yeah. So he, yeah, he just wa- he loved, um, the he loved the son of Sam, he mm-hmm. loved Jack the Ripper, and he wanted to emulate them. And he would copy some, he wanted to like copy some of the things they did. I mean, he was, there was nothing original about him. Yeah. He just was like, I want to be like this one. I want to be like this one. And he just did all these weird things and he didn't even know what the hell he was doing. He was like a dork. He didn't know. He was a loser. I'm he wasn't sure. original. No. Because I think it was like the Zodiac that wrote a bunch of letters all the, to the yes. police. Yes. Yes. Yeah. 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 Yep. 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 So we have the next one april 4th 1974 so january now it's april oh it's same year yeah yes so this is Catherine bright this is another one that he fucked up so she was a student at wichita state university and raider had been trolling her for a while and she and her brother kevin were on their way home to Catherine's house. Mm-hmm. And that's when they found Raider inside the house. But he was only expect like he was waiting inside the house. Oh, so he know. He just gets in. He knows the alarm codes. Because he start well, he wasn't working at ADT yet, oh, but okay. but it's because I don't know if he I think people just didn't lock like that's still back probably when we didn't lock our doors and stuff, mm-hmm, I guess, because mm-hmm. it didn't say like he broke in or whatever. It just says he was just in there waiting. Yeah. And he but he was not expecting the brother to be there. He was expecting it just to be her. Oh. So she was walking home. It's her and her brother. Her okay. brother comes over okay. to the house and it's two people. So He's not very organized. No, he, <laughs> so he's in there waiting and he's like, okay, well now I have to shoot the brother. So there was a fight, like the brother started coming at him and then he just shot him in the face. Wow. Shot brother in the face. So brothers shot in the face, laying on the ground. And then he took Catherine into the bedroom, tied her up. He was initially going to strangle her, but she was putting up so much of a fight that he just started stabbing her. In the abdomen and like stabbed her like three times over and over. And at this same time, Kevin was not dead. Brother. Brother. Okay. Was shot in the face. Not dead. Gets up, runs out of the house to find help because, I mean, what do you do? You don't want to go in there and try to save your sister. You were just shot in the face. Yeah. So runs to find help. And then I guess by, by this time, he just, he had to leave. Because he killed the sister, and now the brother's gone, yeah. and so he had to leave. So he didn't get to oh. anything. He didn't get anything out of what it. What a loser. So the police come. Catherine was still alive, but she died in the hospital oh. hours later. And since Kevin survived, you would think he was able to give a good description, but he didn't give much of one because he was shot in the face. Mm. So he basically said the same thing that the people saw who saw him coming out of the car of the Oteros, that white he was a white male. But they, he said he had dark hair and a mustache. And oh. they did do a composite sketch, and it looks like a cartoon. I mean, it's real <laughs> bad. <laughs> was he bald then, I wonder? Um, it, the picture ha- shows him with, like, a beanie on. Oh. So well. it could have been cold. I guess. Well, I don't know what, if it's cold in April there. 
At this point, police have no idea if these crime scenes are related. The Oteros and Bright. Because there's nothing why would say. they be? Yeah. There's, there's nothing. Yeah. So they're like, the only similarities are the both of the phone lines were cut. Oh. Which I think that kind of was a thing, though, back in... I feel like I've heard that. Or maybe it was just this one where they cut the phone lines. And they were both in Wichita, <laughs> so it's not like they were all... Of, okay. Yeah. yeah. But there was no strangling at this one because he didn't have time to do any of that. So all the, the similarities were phone lines were cut. It was a home invasion. Um, and then the differences were like, well, somebody's been shot. Somebody's been stabbed. Somebody has been strangled. So now we have five unsolved murders. Yeah. Five, yeah. five in three months. Wow. And now a word from our sponsors. In the meantime, Dennis Rader is living a seemingly normal life, April. How do you feel about this? I know. I agree. Then, <laughs> guess what? 1975, he has a son. What? And so, you know what this means? His fantasy life is put on the back burner. CSB, number one Daddy. dad. Right? Wow. This is this is the same time when he starts working for ADT Securities. Which means he gets to enter people's homes. He sees the layout of the homes. He's learning the security systems. And he's installing them. And more importantly, he's getting a sense of power and fulfillment of being this, like, security guy and being in charge and having control. And you know the damn alarm systems. And most people have a code, like a distress code or yeah. a, um, a password. And I'm thinking that people were wanting to put in alarm systems right now because of freaking him. I bet he was busy making the money. That's a little genius. I'm going to give him three points for that. Okay. Because when we got our alarm system, I was sus <gasps> of the, he was a cute little college kid. Like out of like right out of college, but I was like, do you know that this is the mo of one of serial killers? Yeah, and he was like, I have no idea. You're but like, it makes you sure second you guess don't. it. Yeah, can you? You can't even trust your damn security alarm guy. No, you can't trust anyone. Yeah, you can't except for Alfred because he does a great job mowing the lawn, and I will trust him. Why you gave him your security code? Well, no, but sometimes when I'm not home and I have the dog door and the dogs go out and I'm sometimes I'm like, Alfred, can you just like close like go <laughs> through the dog door and like close the real door? And he's like, No, no, ma'am, I don't know, I don't know, ma'am. And I'm like, Alfred, I trust you to do it. No, and he's like, You're not about to have me on the news <laughs> after he gets a pair of your panties. <laughs> oh, I wonder where they went. <laughs> Knew it was Alfred. Just I did feed him Alfred. beer a couple times, so. Oh, he'll love that. Yeah, he was thirsty. So, for three years, April 1944 to 1977, BTK goes silent. Or, yeah, BTK goes silent. So, the Wichita, this, this, they're hoping, they're like, the terror's over. Like, he's done. Like, 
parents who whatever where whatever maybe happened he died maybe, maybe died he's maybe he's in jail. exactly so this is what they would term as a cooling off period yeah and this is when they just return to their normal life but you know those urges april they gets real they get real strong so do you think or does it say does is he just like ooh let me I don't want to kill. I don't want to kill. So let me try to stop like being on the wagon. I and then he falls off like Dennis Nielsen didn't want to kill. So he tried, but he ultimately just couldn't resist. I It just doesn't seem like he cared. OK, I didn't get that either. It just seemed like he was like distracted. He maybe he wasn't able to do uh, as much of the planning and trolling and stuff because now he has this kid. And so he didn't maybe want to, I don't know, because, like, your wife would surely know about what you're up to, and maybe he didn't have enough spare time, and he was getting this, like, sense of control through working for this ADT uh-huh. system. And so, but if the ki- if it's three years, not like, the kid's three, you still have a little kid. Yeah. Because this is when he starts back. A little kid got bad. Uh, yeah, the <laughs> and it's th- three teens or third. So Shirley Vianne Relford, March 17th, happy St. Patrick's Day, 1977. Mother of three, kids under eight. They're outside playing. They're approached by a man who showed them a picture and asked, hey, have you seen my wife? And the the kids are like, no, I haven't seen it. And he was like, well, is your mom home? Maybe your mom's seen my wife. And they're like, yeah, mom's home. So the kids took him over to the house. And when mom came to the door, which was Shirley, Dennis forced his way into the house. He took control of her and tied her up. At this point, the kids start crying. So he puts them in the bathroom, throws some toys in there and like blankets and ties the door shut. Then he goes and he murders Shirley in the other room. But what actually happened is the kids also were able to see out of the door. And Ooh. so they watched. What there was one boy that watched what was happening and saw the <coughs> whole thing and saw his mom being murdered. Oh, but no. then I also heard and like I said, some other stuff that I watched and listened to that the kids were able to escape out of the window. Like I don't know if that really but either way the kids <coughs> were not harmed because he just wanted to, you know. Was this his last does he have does he have any more victims with kids in the house after this? <coughs> There's one with a two-year-old kid in the house. Okay. Like a baby. So Shirley was found um, laying face down on her bed with semen left near her head. What? So he just masturbates right there. Yeah. The kids confirmed it was a white male. Oh, great. (laughs) So that's fun. Nine months later... Nancy Fox, December 8th, 1977. She's 26. So we're just rolling all over the place with these ages and everything. Yeah, he's all over. This is why he's so dumb. He has no type. <clears throat> this is another one of his trolling projects. So he saw 
her go into her house one night. He looked in her mailbox to find out her name. And then he found out where she worked. This is part of, this is when he's, he calls these his projects as well. (coughs) So he said that the more he knows about a person, the more comfortable he feels. What a douche. What a douche. And he said that she was a perfect victim because she was small and petite and lived alone. This bitch ain't small. (laughs) She ain't petite. Ain't nobody coming up in my house. Not coming. Nancy Fox comes home. And guess what? Motherfucking Dennis is in her house. Wow. So he likes to do that. He, I think this is the one where he's hiding in her closet. Did we ever find out if these are actually ADT clients? Or these are, like, how does he trick them? He, I never, (coughs) I don't, Uh I don't know how he picks them. Um, He just, He's an idiot. He doesn't make any sense. Yeah, yeah. He doesn't make any it's sense. Hard. So he bound her. He killed her. She's not violated, which means she's not raped. But semen is found in a, like a negligee or whatever left next to her head or whatever. Wow. I mean, come on. The following day, the police department get a call from somebody. So he goes and he uses a payphone to call the police. <laughs> Loser. He he says. You will find a homicide at 843 South Pershing Pershing Street, Nancy Fox. So he's taunting the police. They trace the call to the payphone. And, of course, there were some witnesses. And once again, it was a white male. (laughs) I'm sick of these white males. (laughs) So now all these murders... so far, there's no rape involved, but semen is left at, like, every scene. But... When they going to bring in the BAU? What's that? The Behavior Analysis Unit. Is FBI intervened at all? I don't know what you're talking about. Words. The no? FBI doesn't ever come in and try to say, oh, we got a serial killer. No, because they didn't, they didn't know <coughs> these were all connected. Because oh they're all so God. different, I guess. So, like, and also... There's semen left at all these scenes, but they didn't have DNA back then, and there was no fingerprints. They had no other evidence, and they couldn't connect them. Wow. So at this point, we have seven deaths, no leads. On February 10th, 1978, a letter was sent to the Wichita Eagle newspaper from BTK. This is actually the letter I was talking about at the beginning. Okay. okay. I knew I told myself which one it was, because there's so many. So this one is where he took credit for all seven murders. He gave all the details about victims and crimes. The only thing he mentions, uh, or let me tell you, one thing that he mentions is being under the influence of factor X. So that is what he calls this dark side of him that controls him, that he's unable to stop. It's this demon inside of him that injured him, he says, at some point when he was a kid. His dark passenger. That's what Dexter called it. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> he compares himself to several infamous killers. Like I said, Son of Sam, Jack the Ripper, no. Boston <coughs> Stranglers, no, Ted sir. of the West. He studies them. He models himself after them. And one of the lines of the letter he wrote, like I said, how many more times do I have to kill before I get any recognition or some national attention? Well, and then he's like, come on, get some <coughs> get some fat on your head, cops. Fat. 
Is that what it's called? Get some fat on your head? I don't know, but apparently <coughs> the police, the co- the police force, were referred to themselves as like the hot dog cult. I don't know. <laughs> the hot dogs. <laughs> Maybe they I were. mean, <laughs> if they're referring to themselves as the hot dog carts, <laughs> I see why they have not put it together that they have a s- serial killer. A hot dog clan. Loose. Why would they name the hot dog clan task force? Uh-uh. <laughs> Look it up. <laughs> Come on, Wichita. The hot dog. <coughs> Look and see if Wichita BTK hot dog clan task force. <laughs> Figure it out. <laughs> I'm dying if they did, because that's what I read at some point. The police <laughs> decided they finally decided to alert the community. So this whole time oh, they weren't. thank you for that. They weren't <laughs> alerting the community? What? Because they're a hot dog clan. <laughs> so they were like, hey, everybody, attention, attention. Wichita, Wichita, we got a serial killer. <laughs> That's exactly how they did it. And hot dog squad. Oh, my God. It says during the BTK murders, (laughs) the Kansas police, Kansas City police formed a task force called the Hot Dog Squad. (laughs) (laughs) And this guy was like, I'm not joking. Called the Hot Dog Squad. Dude, can you believe I was actually right? (laughs) I knew I, I didn't dream that. Why would they put that as their name? (laughs) What does it mean? What did you Google to find it? I just did hot dogs. Squad BTK. Hot dog police BTK. <gasps> Victreon. Victreon. Okay, so the hot dog squad is on it. Like, they are like, hey, we're going to alert the community. We're going to be like, hey, there's a serial killer. Yeah. And we're going to ask them for help of the, on the investigation. We need to let them know and be aware of what's going on. Hot dog squad unite. I, I just can't even. So, <clears throat> this... Okay, where were we? What Hot was year squad. was that? 1977. And now we're going to 1978. So this is six months, or June 1978, six months after Nancy Fox's um, murder. He has a daughter. Dennis Rader has a daughter, Carrie. And then he went silent. Guess how many years? Guess between one and 15, how many years? 15. Eight. <coughs> wow. While raising his family. The police, this is when they thought, maybe he's in jail. Maybe he's died. Maybe he just, well, I don't know. But in the meantime, he's still dressing up as a woman. Probably. And like doing autoerotic type stuff. Probably. When they leave, I think. Like because, I he's, the movie. because he's been keeping little, like, trophies. And he, they can and live he, off of that. They go and they find, like, a Later on, they'll find, like, all this, like, he's taken thousands of photographs. He's cut out, photo like, things from magazines. Wow. He has the all kinds of, like, souvenir, I mean, just all these things. So what I'm sure he he's... It? Does he have a basement that his wife's he not had, to go into? Probably. <coughs> just like Sweet Pea does. <laughs> mm. Yeah, he has... Um, a place that is at one of his like places where he works, where he has his stuff in a drawer. Oh, and then keeps it close. yeah, and then like at his house, he has a box and all this weird shit. Like he's great. 
So they were like, okay, maybe, oh, oh my gosh, April, you are so right. He was able to sustain himself through his erotic fantasy and asphyxiation fetish. I thought you typed that. How did you I did, that? but I didn't read that one next sentence. So, <coughs> yeah, that's what he. That's how he does. That's how he does it. Oh, my gosh, I knew what I was going to say. But, okay, 1985, he is done with his eight years, and he's thirsty. And he's not thirsty for Patron. He's not thirsty for vodka. He's thirsty for blood. And this is your girl, Marine Hedge. April, <coughs> oh, tell us what you know about Marine Hedge. Well, the next victim, 53-year-old, recently widowed, mother of four, and grandmother, oh. living only six houses down from Raider. Okay, so like I've told y'all before, when I travel, she's obsessed. I look for <coughs> so like say we're in a car, I ask Sweepy. What are the couple towns? <laughs> what are the next couple towns we're going to go through? So he'll tell me. So everyone, I'll Google famous murders or serial killers or whatever in these towns because <clears throat> I make them detour. Well, we had stopped at a QT in Wichita, Kansas, going to wherever, uh, Salina, Kansas, because my brother in law was at Kansas Wesleyan, right? So mm -hmm. we stopped to pee. To get coffee. So I Googled killers from Wichita, Kansas. Oh! Now, I was never a BTK fan, so I had no idea. Had, I usually would know something like that, yeah, right? And yeah, yeah, yeah. planned. Because this was recent. I'm on the toilet <laughs> Googling it, and I'm like, what the hell? So then I was like, BTK? So then I go to the Wikipedia, because there's usually an address on the Wikipedia. Yeah. Or I would Google. And it has that whole chart. Yes. Yeah. So not only does BTK live on Independent Street, a victim does. Green Hedge. So then I have to put from where I am to this address, why is it the next street <gasps> over from the QT? And I was like, well, I guess it's it not that big a town. To be. So all we had to do is pull out of the QT. Take a right, and that was the street. <gasps> so we went to BTK's house first. Oh my gosh! And you just wait till you hear what happened. It's not there. The house isn't there. They Her demolished. House? No, his <gasps> his house isn't there. And so then I was like, oh "Well, where does she live?" And so we went to her house. Oh, a new family was living in there. Like oh, they had no idea. They know because there was Did a neighbor outside. Oh. And so I was like, Sweepy, stop. So he, he stopped, <laughs> rolled down the window. And of course I tell him. And he was like, oh, yeah, we get this all the time. What did you say? He knew BTK killer, Dennis Rader. He said he had gotten into it with him. Because he was time. so, he tried to be like, he's such a douche. And controlling. So he yes. wanted, he got on to this guy about the type of flowers. And yes, because had this is whenever he was a compliance or whatever. And he would like, he could tell people how high their grass could be. Oh. That their dogs need to be on a leash that's coming up. Okay, okay. Well, this yes. is one of the guys. So I get out <gasps> and I take a picture with him. I was like, can I take a picture? 
And I put it on Facebook, and then Sweepy made me take it down because mm. he says, what if you get sued? What if this guy, he didn't give you your consent? Oh, Sweepy, come on, on Sweepy. Hell. So I'm at BTK's neighbor, saw where his house, and there's just an empty lot right there. Like, you can tell there's this big old gap. And the neighbors knew that they were living in a house where somebody died, and they just still live there? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's probably got a good rent price. <laughs> And it's just a basic neighborhood. Like, they weren't. <coughs> yeah. I'll have to find it in my pictures one day. No, I think it is very basic. So, listen, they, he, Dennis knew Marine. Knew her, but they weren't close. He's just, like, knew that was her neighbor. And so that's how he started, like, you know, following her or whatever. So, Catherine Ramsland, she's the one who wrote the book. She's a forensic psychologist. She's the author of Confessions of a Serial Killer, The Untold Story of Dennis Rader, the BTK Killer. That's just, that's the title of the book. Okay. Raider told her that all of a sudden one day he had a fantasy about what his hands would look like around her neck. <laughs> that and that's and once he did that, she became his next project. Wow. So there was literally no rhyme or reason. He just was like, Oh, that's so weird. He knew the layout of her house because it matched his house. He broke into her ho- her house waited in her closet until she went to bed. That's when he revealed himself to her and strangled her. Then, just wait. He drove her body to the Lutheran church. Why? Where he was a member and he was president of the church council. Of course he was. He tied her up, took pictures of her in different positions, different forms of bondage. And then he hid her in a ditch. So he had already dug these ditches. And this ditch is where he would take some pictures of himself. So he's himself laid in this ditch. (laughs) Okay, so I'm going to take it back for the police. I see why they haven't really figured it out. Because now he's he's all over the place. He's all over the place. Because now he's taking people away. And... Living, like, I don't know. It's just, he doesn't make, he does not make any sense. So, he's, now he hides her in this ditch. She was found there several days later. The police had no suspects because they were like, well, they didn't think it was BTK because it wasn't his MO. Like, it's not even close. Because they were like, and the, oh, he's also an episode of Snapped I watched. Oh, my gosh. Did he, so did he bind her? He, well, he strangled her. He strangled her to kill her. Then that's when he took her away, took her to the church, and he tied her up while she's dead. Okay. And took all these pictures of her. So he, like, picture, I mean. I need, so does he hog tie everybody? Is everybody tied in the same way? I think, no. He, he says no pattern. It says he took pictures of her in several different forms of bondage. Oh, gosh. Yeah. So. Weirdo. I don't understand how that does i don't understand it so that's fine hit like they're like we thought his mo was cut the phone line go into the house strangle the victim leave the body at the home nope not this time and like he even said that his daughter she was scared because she's um, pretty young at this point and she was like eight yes so she's like talking to the dad and she she's talking to Dennis and she's like 
oh, like I'm scared because of the murder that happened next door because right. literally next door yeah. and that it was a home invasion. But dad was like, oh, we like reassured her that she was safe and he would protect her. You know, he was such a genuine guy. Yeah. Wow. Talk about living a double life. I mean, he I mean, would. She was safe. He would have come. Uh, like you have to like majorly compartmentalize and like separate everything. Yeah. Because it didn't affect him in any in any way. Yeah. I'm just yeah. thinking. So a year later, ni- September 1986, Vicky Wedgerly, Wedgerly, Wedgerly. She's 28. Wow. I mean. Mother of two. She was a pianist. She had to knock at the door one evening. It was a man claiming to be an AT&T technician. Mm. He was AT&T? saying AT&T. Wow. He was saying there was a problem with the phone lines, so she let him in. The man was of course motherfucker Dennis. Listen, just cuz they're w- <laughs> ne- you should never trust a white male in their 30s. <laughs> and that's why he was trusted because he was a white male in his he 30s. He just looked like a normal person. You should never trust a white male in their 30s. I won't. I don't. <laughs> so Vicky put up a fight. She was able to scratch him, leaving evidence under her finger fingernails. However, the police, they still didn't have tools to do DNA testing, so they couldn't confirm that it was anybody. <clears throat> there was At this scene, there was no semen left. She died from strangulation. Her two-year-old son was at home in the other room at the time of the killing. Wow. So I'm sure she was. he was, like, asleep. So Lucky that, for him. that was 1986. So 1986. Wait, no semen? It, wow. Yep. 1986 ni- through 1991. So for five years, he goes with no murders. He's busy with his job. He's family. He's becoming heavily involved in the church. He's loving being able to fool people because it gives him this sense of control. And then in 1991, Dennis lost his job. I don't even know which job he has at this point. He has low self-esteem because now his wife, Paula, is having to be the breadwinner. So, you know what? He does again. He turns to his fantasy life to reestablish control. Do you know, okay. Which meant murder. So he couldn't keep a job. Kemper couldn't keep a job. Bundy couldn't keep a job. Dirty Chad can't keep a job. <laughs> mm. And he lives with his mom. Yes. He's about Dirty to Kemper. become the next I serial killer. Maybe don't kill Bob come for us first. <laughs> <laughs> How many episodes do you think he's listened to? <laughs> do you think he falls asleep at... Uh, to to us at night, um, are we a, are we his ASMR? Oh, Maybe goodness. he masturbates to us. Ew. <coughs> so he's taken another five year break. It's nineteen ninety one, January nineteen ninety one, and wow. good old Dolores Davis, sixty two. <laughs> I don't understand. He went from twenty eight year old to sixty two year old. Her body was found in a ditch with a woman mask over her face. And I say mm-hmm. woman mask, it's like the porcelain doll-looking doll yeah. white mask with, like, the open eyeball slits so that are so, 
freaking scary. You will see the picture. I will post probably 18 of them on Instagram and everywhere else. At this point, no one has heard from BTK since 1978 when he admitted to Nancy Fox. So there's no reason why he would still be killing. He's not communicating. Like, they don't know. They're like, he's disappeared for so long. Like, even though Dolores was strangled, she was found outside in the ditch with a mask on. Like, no one's thinking this is BTK. Mm. He's never had somebody with a mask on. So now they have three unsolved murders. Marine Hedge, Vicki Wedgerly, and Dolores Davis. And it stayed this way for several years. Those are all the unsolved ones. Wait. The other ones are solved? The other ones they know are BTK because he talked about it in the letters. Okay, okay, So these are the three unsolved. So four months after Dolores Davis was murdered, Dennis gets a job as a compliance officer. (laughs) Oh, barf. Do you want to barf? So now he has the right to go into people's homes, tell people how high their grass That's can be. That's why he argued with him. Yes. I just thought this whole time no. that he was just controlling and what? He told people that they needed to have their dogs on a leash. He had a tranquilizer gun. And he now has this new type of control he's never had before. Wow. So this is what is making him like not have to kill. Okay. So a lady named Mary Caps works with him at the compliance office, office, okay. whatever. <laughs> and this nasty, nasty dentist was her boss. Poor lady. Oh. So she described him in an episode of Snapped saying that he was mean, controlling, he micromanaged everything. And she felt like he was all that she was always walking on eggshells, and you never knew when he was going to just snap. Oh, she described him. Uh, oh, she just described a time where she was looking in like the filing cabinet. She was looking for some paperwork, and he was like, "You're not going fast enough." And he started getting real mad, and she's like, had her back to him, and all of a sudden she hears the door shut. And then she, like, turns around and looks, and he's, like, closing and locking the door. And she gets this weird feeling, like, she doesn't like the guy. Uh-huh. She thinks he's an asshole. She doesn't even want to work. You know, she just always has had this weird vibe about him. So she looks in his face. She's like, it was terrifying, the look that was on his face. She starts screaming. She goes to the intercom on the phone, like, starts punching numbers. She's like, help, help. She's, like, telling him, open the door, open the door. And he starts, like, slowly walking towards her and, like, has this look in his face, in his eyes. And all of a sudden, he just is, like, and just walks over to the door and opens it like nothing happened. But it was obviously this very, like, intense moment where she was. better quit. She filed, she complained about him the next day. She filed multiple complaints against him. She just was like, there's something off. Something's going, like, he's not normal. And they probably didn't listen to her. No, of course they didn't listen to her. Because guess why? Because he was a church leader. He was a boy scout, cub scout leader. He was a loving husband and a father. And everyone thought he was a good guy, even though his neighbors obviously knew he was a douche. Devils can be in the church, too. <coughs> I need people to quit thinking that just hundred percent, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. They go to the church just to do dirty. Yes. That's, Crazy. and it's, yes. <coughs> to Dennis, domination and control is pleasurable. We know this. And with his job carrying a badge now, he was 
felt super powerful. And this is why. <laughs> yeah, he had his compliance officer badge. <laughs> you should see him. He literally had like this out, like a police officer outfit. And he was able to vanish until he felt the need to go public again. Wow. And so 30, what, 30 years? <laughs> 1991 to 2004. Oh, it's getting close. And now a word from our sponsors. Okay, January 2004. It's the 30th anniversary of the Otero uh, murders. And it's been... It's the what anniversary? The 30th. Oh, damn. The 30th oh, wow. anniversary of the Otero murders. And it's been 13 years since he, BTK last murdered. Wow. <coughs> so... A reporter from the Wichita Eagle newspaper wrote a story about the Otero murders because it was, you know, an anniversary. An anniversary. It was unsolved. I mean, they knew who it was, but they didn't know who it was. So yeah. BTK, or I don't ever know what to call him, Dennis, whatever, loser, sees the paper and he feels the hype. He feels it. It starts to refuel his ego around the same time. His son had just moved out of the house because he's joining the Navy. The daughter got married, and now he's empty nest. And guess what? It's time to play. Oh, my goodness. So he starts communicating with the police. How old is he? He probably can't even get it up anymore. Oh, I'm sure he can. If he gets a rope and some bags and some masks mm. and some woman's clothing, he's going to be able to do it. A few months go by, and the Wichita Eagle gets a letter from BTK claiming that he was behind the murder of Vicki Wedgerly. That's one of the unsolved ones. Okay. So also he attached some photos of her body in various positions, and the police knew the photos were taken by the killer because they did not take these photos, and that uh, would it would yeah. have to be him, you know. Yeah. And then Whoever, also somebody at the crime scene. Yeah. And it also included was a picture of her driver's license, which was missing from the mm. crime scene. So everyone's shocked. They're like, why would he reemerge after all these years of getting away with so many killings? Yeah. And so, well, you know, it's because of his ego. Yeah. He's this huge ego. He loves the spotlight. He enjoys knowing that he's wreaking havoc on people. And the community, and he's messing with law enforcement, and this reemergence is giving him so much so much attention. Like he's living his best life, loving it. He's reliving all these killings, so he's the lead story on TV for like over the next like year, year and a half, and it's this whole new generation of people. So wow. it's like they're just learning about him. So now everybody's like so scared. They're just like. Oh my gosh, he cut phone lines, he strangled people. They knew like this guy was getting away with murder and they're all scared to death. So that was January. And now we go to December 13th, 2004. Cake TV, K A K E. Okay. Got a call from a viewer saying that they found something in the park and they think it's related to the BTK case. 
So a reporter goes out there and finds a box with a Barbie doll who had a noose around its neck and the doll and the noose was attached to a pipe. So like Barbie doll with the little string around its neck attached to this tiny little piece of a white like PVC pipe resembling Josephine Ortero. What? Yes. How? What do you mean resembling it? How she her body was laid? It was basically it was it was resembling her because she was hanging from the pipe in the basement. So oh, he's okay. Okay. Like yeah, I'll put a picture of that too. <laughs> wow. So, uh, yeah, that do- the doll was there in the box along with the ID of Nancy Fox. So he's able to taunt and mock and have all this like sense of domination over law enforcement and so he f- somebody finds this box in a, in a park. Yes. Mm, is this where he used to dig a ditch and I don't know. He put, put these. In there? He did this a lot. Like he did. Like he would hide pl- hide his things, trophies. Yeah. So after he, you know, after his reappearance, you know, police were like. They are like, we are getting this guy. We're getting this guy. Technology has advanced. And guess what? They have bodily fluids that they have kept. Yes. From that were left behind from the crime scenes. They also still have that one lady who had uh stuff DNA under her fingernails. Okay. And so they have that too. So they're like. This is, we are way advanced from the 70s now, and they have all this evidence preserved. And so they start swabbing and swabbing all these people because they're like, okay, we're going to try to match the DNA. We have his DNA mm-hmm. now, and we just now need to match it with somebody. So they go and they have a swabathon or whatever. It, it just random people. In like the maybe shop. like convicted rapists or oh, okay. like people who are just, because I have guess been they arrest- wouldn't have DNA on Fox. They, it's he, now new. Yes. Okay. So they have no matches. I know. <laughs> the terrorizing continues. The postcard is sent to Cake TV. Hey, police, <laughs> next time just go to the local <coughs> churches and swab people there. I'm telling <laughs> you. So what's also crazy is that, like, he loved he loved this TV station and he loved that newspaper. Those are the two. So he had actually gone and he went to, okay, the people from the church uh-huh. called up Cake TV, and they're like, hey, can we, we want to take a tour of Cake TV. So he went <laughs> with some other people from the church and took a tour. So he's up there <laughs> with the people snapping pictures, and this reporter is like, he's up there snapping pictures. We're next to him. I'm meeting him. We're reporting on him the same day. He's in the studio. Like she said this after the fact. Yes. Yeah. Okay, yes. Okay. Yes. But like, can you imagine yeah. you're hunting this guy and he's literally right there in front of your face. You have no clue. No idea. I mean, I think that's why he was so scary. Yeah. Cause it was just like, Oh my gosh. He was literally right there. Right there. So he passed around the offering plate at the church. <laughs> yes. So January 25th, 2005, finally, here we go. Cake TV receives another message from BTK. And this is about a cereal box that he left in the back of a truck of a parking in a parking lot. And it was a joke on cereal killer. It was like a cereal box. So 
Yeah. He's like, okay. Ridiculous. Surveillance cameras, like, from the parking lot um, were able to track that it was a Jeep Cherokee. So they saw this Jeep Cherokee and they saw this person, like, put something in the back of this truck. Okay. Okay. So they end up getting the box from out of this pickup truck, right? And within the box was some jewelry and a note saying, like, can I communicate through a floppy disk and it not be traced through a computer? Be honest. (laughs) So at this point, he thinks, he thinks that, like, he's, like, really best friends with the police. And he said, hey, like, give a response in the newspaper, in this certain section of the newspaper, and say, Rex, it will be okay. Like, that's their response. <laughs> this guy's so weird. He just needed some friends. He has no friends. So the police sent their reply. And in Raider's mind, he's like, okay, yeah, we're friends. Like, I can't imagine they would ever lie to me. So a few weeks later, they receive another package from BTK, which contains a floppy disk. Police found metadata embedded in a deleted Microsoft Word document that was unknown to Raider still stored on the floppy disk. So this metadata contained words, Christ Lutheran Church. (laughs) And the document was marked as last modified by Dennis. So a quick internet search determined that Dennis Rader was president of the church council. And when investigators drove by his house, what did they see? A black Jeep Cherokee. Oh, my goodness. The type of vehicle seen in the surveillance video of the Home Depot was parked outside the house. So this is strong circumstantial evidence. Like, all they need now is to match the DNA, and then they'll be able to make an arrest. Yes. But how are they going to get the DNA? They can't just go up to the house, because then he's going to run. They, I forgot what they do. Go. I'm going to tell you. <clears throat> Police obtain a warrant to test a pap smear taken from his daughter, Carrie, uh. from college. They just got, they, I don't know, this is kind of nasty, but <laughs> they, they, I was like, are they going to dig through the trash can? No, they. if the <coughs> DNA, te- they're looking for familial DNA. Okay. So we know all about familial DNA, and so basically you can track it, and if it matches your family, then that's how they caught the D'Angelo. Yeah. What's the name? I forget it again. Whatever. Yeah. Uh, so between her DNA and the DNA left behind at crime scenes and the sample of that was underneath Weggerly's fingernails, this would indicate the killer was closely related to the daughter and combined with other evidence, they would have enough to make an arrest. Yay. Within 24 hours. Okay. The DNA <coughs> results come back. And guess what? It's a match. It's a match. He to daddy. He to pappy. He to daddy. It's a match. You are the father. The DNA is matched with the BTK DNA. So by connecting the dots, it's a slam dunk. They have the ability to arrest him. And they knew his car. They knew where he worked. They knew he would go to the church. And they tracked him down and pulled his ass over and arrested him right there. Yay. Wait. What happened? Was there a Home Depot? Where was he at? 
That's where he left one of his like cereal. That's okay. okay. It was the truck in a Home Depot parking lot, okay, and that's, that's where he was. left the box. Okay, okay, and that's where they saw the cameras and saw. Okay, them. yeah, okay. So, after his arrest, he admitted to the murders of Marine Hedge and Denise Davis, which were the other two left unsolved. And so now they have the ten murders, all of them. All of them. <coughs> August two thousand five, Dennis pled guilty to all ten murders. Gave his confession to the judge by going through every little detail of each murder. Every little detail. Wow. They loved that. He loved it. He was, and here's the thing. This is what's they're, They feel like they're bragging he, on themselves. Yes. <laughs> talked about it very matter-of-factly about he was, it was like he was describing how to like cook a meal. Yeah. Just like he had no emotion towards the family, to the survivors, to the victims, no remorse. And he was just seemed pretty proud of what he did. He's like, yeah, I just did it. I just, just did, did that. it. Yeah. I mean, I just, well, you know, I had to strangle them. And then, you know, it didn't really work very well. So I had to go and strangle him and do this and put the bag over his head. And he tried to bite a hold of the bag. And I just, wow. I can't. So he was sentenced to 10 consecutive life sentences. And he's out for parole th- next week. No way. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <coughs> Ten consecutive life sentences with a minimum of 175 years. Yay. So, what is he in Kansas in prison? All these yes. Years? Okay. Everyone wanted the death penalty. And what happened? But he confessed. The years when he committed all the crimes, Kansas did not have the death penalty. What? So, it's not well, enforceable. It's okay. However, it's okay because. He is in solitary confinement. He's in there 23 hours a day. He has one hour exercise per day, and he gets three showers a week. So you know he got sweaty balls. (coughs) He is rank. And maybe he got TV time or something for being good. I don't know. So later he was diagnosed as being narcissistic, antisocial, obsessive compulsive disorder. It was his grandiose sense of self. And he always believed he was special, and so he was entitled to have this special treatment. He had this need for attention, blah, 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 blah. Duh. Duh. They still don't know what caused him to be the monster he became because he wasn't abused, didn't come from a bad family, and this is when they were like, we really hope that he donates his brain to science because – we could have another BTK in the future, and we don't know how to figure it don't out. Don't even know. <coughs> Let me read this one quote, also from this. Um, this guy is Peter Vronsky. He's the author of like some other serial killer books, and he says that um, he did some study or some studies of psychopaths using MRIs have detected the frontal lobe atrophy similar to NFL player injuries. So when they look at brain reactions, various points light up in ways that are opposite of somebody who has with like PTSD or whatever. Like there, there's a highly stimulated response from the brain where psychopaths, it's the opposite. So it's under-stimulated, under-responsive. So we all learn essentially by doing. Like you put your hand on a hot stove, you learn not to do it again. Mm-hmm. But psychopaths don't learn. They can give psycho like a psychopath electric shock. They can tell him like, "Hey, you're about to get an electric shock," and 
do a countdown, but they won't react because they know the electric shock is coming and they don't worry about it. That's why so many psychopaths get so bored so quickly because they need excitement. And he says they take these enormous risks because they have no anxiety driving around a corpse in the back of the truck, like in the back of their car. Not even nervous. The rest of us would be freaking (laughs) out, but they don't. Wow. And that's kind of, he related that to BTK. And there is actually one last thing that... So when they say front lobe, wait, frontal atrophy, lobe. frontal lobe atrophy, that's sh- that's shrinking, right? Like muscle atrophy is like your muscles shrinking. Hypertrophy so ha- is like, like it's growing. And so like how does it shrink? <laughs> I don't know. Typically, it's if you're like concussed, concussed, but like times. I don't know. Maybe you just want to be famous. There was this one other. This is the final note. He intended to kill this one girl in 1979 named Anna Williams, 63. She escaped death by returning home much later than expected. He was actually, like, waiting in her house and, like, waiting and waiting and waiting. But she never showed up, so he was tired of waiting and left. He told us about it? Yes. Oh, wow. Yes. He became so impatient. What? Anna, I wonder what Anna thinks. But listen. This is the poem that he wrote. This is Anna. Anna's poem. He wrote it to Anna. Or he or about he wrote Anna. it about oh, okay. her. It's <laughs> called Oh Anna. Why didn't you appear? Oh Anna, why didn't you appear? T T T was perfect plan of deviant pleasure. So bold on that spring night. My inner feeling hot with propension. Of new awakening <laughs> season, warn, warn the inner the inner fear and rapture, my pleasure of entanglement, like new vines at night. Oh Anna, why didn't you appear? Drop of fear, a fear fresh spring rain <laughs> would roll down from your naked nakedness to scent to lofty fever that burns within. In that small world of longing, fear, rapture, and desperation, the game we play, fall on devil's ears, fantasy spring, forth mounts to storm fury, the winter calm at the end. Oh, Anna, oh, Anna, why didn't you appear? (laughs) Alone now in another time span, I lay with sweet and rapture garments across my private thought, bed of spring, moist grass, Clean before the sun, enslaved with control, warm wind, scenting the air, sunlight sparkle, tears in eyes so deep and clear. Alone again, I trod in past memory of mirrors and ponder why, for number eight was not. Oh, Anna, why didn't you appear? Oh, she was going to be the eighth victim? No, because there was ten. She was supposed to be number eight. Yes. Okay. This was written to him. He's 1979, after he broke into her house, she wasn't home. He waited. He got bored and left, I guess, right beside her her poem. Listen. The worst thing I've ever read in my life. I just threw up four times reading it. He had no swag. Um, Zero percent. (laughs) His, by the way, Paula filed for an emergency divorce. (laughs) Thank you, Paula. Poor Paula. (laughs) And that's BTK, bitches. Wait, where are his kids now? 
the son, I don't know, but the daughter did like she's whole... done a whole 2020 and she's been she's done a whole bunch of things. Like wow. just kind of talking about how it is to be the daughter of a which is your goal in life to be the daughter of a serial killer. Well, yeah. <laughs> I do sometimes say I wish my dad was a serial killer. <laughs> I'm just joking, Daddy. <laughs> He's rolling. He's like, oh hell. He was like, just wait. So that is it. That April. was great. I did he not sucks, but that was great. Can you believe He's so he did confusing? All that awful. He's so confusing. I cannot. And you know what? We'll never study him because what can we learn from him? I don't know, but they really want to see what his brain is like or what happened because it's so confusing. We're going to have to make this two-parter. Probably it's so long. I don't know. We'll see. We had a bunch of um, cough breaks in oh between. Yeah. April All right. Well, thank y'all for tuning in. Thanks. I'm going to go get my water burger. We will see y'all next week for some Jeffrey. Oh, my gosh. Don't forget to Stay rate. Stay Oh. <laughs> Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. Go and do it right now, right now, right now. Do it, do it, do it. Don't forget to. Stay aware. Stay alive. And always be DTF. Bye, y'all. But don't be like DTK. This has been a Rogue Media Podcast.